Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. All right, let's do it. Podcast 235. We're starting to get up there. Kurt Mortensen here. As we continue our series on trust and how that affects your ability to persuade and influence. Spent a couple days this week in Texas, Dallas, Texas. Shout out to Dallas as we spent some time talking about the subconscious triggers of persuasion and the 12 laws of influence found in the book Maximum Influence. Remember, the book's free at lawsofinfluence.com. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. This is the latest edition. I've upgraded the studies and changed a few things around to make it easier to apply and to use at Laws of Influence. That's our plug of the day. And of course, my email is at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. MaximizeYourInfluence.com is where you can get all the information about product, services, coaching, whatever you need is available on that website. I do love Texas. That's probably my list of places that I could live and move in. I think the people are nicer in Texas, <laughs> okay? Now, they're definitely nicer than most Californians, and I can say that because that's where I'm from. Just nice, good people, a lot of fun, and I still haven't gotten, I think we've talked about this on the show, where we, no one sent me a solution to this, that the dirtier and stranger the gas station in Texas, the better the barbecue. I mean, this middle of nowhere, here's a gas station. They have a barbecue out in the back, a smoker, and they have incredible barbecue. I've seen that in Texas. I also saw that in, I think it was Virginia, just out in the middle of nowhere. That's where everyone recommended to go, and it was incredible. Just this old, dirty gas station. But, hey, love my barbecue. we got to talk about food every once in a while on the show. So let's start off with the blunder of the week before we get into trust. Remember, we're doing a series on trust. This was on my last road trip I took between California and Las Vegas, and it is a blunder. Homer, go. Don't, don't, don't. This was in the city of Baker, which has the largest thermostat in the world. It's in the middle of the desert, middle of nowhere. Time to stop for gas, get some drinks, a little rest. And I didn't realize till after I'd pumped gas, but I was paying a dollar more than it would have been in Vegas and 40 cents more than it was down the street. The way it was set up when you got off the off-ramp, this was the nicest gasoline place in town. I mean, it was the first one. First of all, it was the very first one. The most important was beautiful, the lights, different eateries, different things. You just fill up, didn't look at the price. And then when you got a drink, I mean, I think they were charging four bucks for one rock star, something like that. Anyway, they got their money. I felt violated. They'd take advantage of me of the pump. I was dumb enough to go to the first stop. I probably should have thought that one through, but it was big, it was nice, it was beautiful, it was the first one, wanted to stop, was ready to get out. Of course, kids in the back need to go to the bathroom, but the drinks and what they cost, what people paid for things and for the snacks, we did the math later and probably paid four or five times more than we should have. Now, congratulations, you did get my money, but again, I will never go back, never do business. I drive that quite a bit, 
and that is the blunder. A lot of people don't realize that they get their money up front, they think they've done well, but if you want repeat business, and as you know, if you're running a business, your best customer is repeat business. That is what you want. That is the blunder. Shame on you, because I know real estate in the middle of the desert doesn't cost that much where you need to charge it, like an airport. I get airports. You know, they charge a lot of rent. They have to up their fees a little bit, but this one did not have to happen. So take care of your customers for the long-term. LTV, long-term value of your customer. I bet you it could be in the thousands of dollars. With that, and before we move into our trust content today, let's get into an article. Go! This is brought to us by Social Cognitive and Effective Neuroscience, probably on your bedstand and Stanford University, about how the right smile could boost trust. And giving. Now, I think we've all seen the creepy smile, the weird smile, the pedophile smile. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Some smiles attract and some smiles repel. We know that. But they did find in this study that people are willing to offer more money to others who display similar emotional expressions, mostly smiles, that these were more important than race or even gender. And, of course, I've talked a lot about similarities on the show and connecting with people And that's the thing sometimes with cultures or even other departments in your company is that cultures are similar to each other. They call it the ideal effect match. So they looked at uh, Europeans and Americans who typically want to feel states of excitement, high arousal, positive states versus Asians. Again, we're generalizing here. Prefer to feel states of calmness, which is low arousal and positive states. So everyone likes the positive states, but some like the high arousal, some like the low arousal. And they found that people tend to like and trust those who had the same emotional states or have that ideal effect match that we talked about. And they did a thing called the dictator game. And I don't know where they get these games or these names. And what they did is decide whether to distribute money to other players. They didn't have to. They were just give money to divide it, keep it or divide it however you want. Very dictator. They found that Europeans and Americans gave more money to the recipients who had expressions of excitement. Open toothy smiles, they called it, versus Korean students gave more to recipients whose expressions conveyed calm, closed smiles. To continue on that, Europeans and Americans rated excited recipients as more trustworthy, but then the Koreans rated the calm recipients as more trustworthy. Okay, it wasn't the race or the gender, it was their facial expressions. So again, similarities. The findings suggest that emotional expressions... When it matches them, their style, their culture, it triggers more trust. The more you can be like them. We like people that are like us. We trust people who are like us. And that's important to adapt to different personalities, different age groups, different cultures, different departments. Remember the rule of the show is you need to persuade people how they want to be persuaded. Because your default setting is you tend to persuade how you like to be persuaded. And that is wrong. So bottom line, the results imply that when dealing with other cultures, if you don't understand their facial expressions, if you're not able to match or understand them, you'll lose trust and credibility. Interesting stuff that you could take away and think about, especially as the world's getting smaller and we're working with a lot more cultures and different people. So as you know, last week we introduced the concept of trust. Gave a big overview of the five C's of trust, but let's spend some time today on each C. I think each show should cover a C and what to do and what to expect with each C of trust. Okay? 
Now, the first C is character. Oh, I have that. Mm, Do you? Remember what I said last week, just because you're a good person, a good trustworthy person does not mean people trust you. This is your honesty. Are you honest all the time? Your integrity. UCLA did a study and said the main reason people succeed in business long-term is integrity. Then sincerity, which is a fascinating word, which comes from the Latin word sinceris, which means without wax. You're like, okay, Kurt, what does that mean? Well, back then when you were making a sculpture out of marble or a pillar, I'm sure that's what you'd be doing, you would make a little mistake or something would happen, you'd fill the mistake in with wax. But when you put that sculpture or pillar outside, the sun would melt the wax, reveal the deception. So when you're sincere, there is nothing you're hiding, you're without wax. And one of my favorite motivators, may rest in peace, Zig Ziglar, the most important persuasion tool you have in your arsenal is integrity. That is dramatic for trust. But people have to see it and know that you have it. You just can't expect them to, hey, I'm a good person, so you should... Trust me, it's different than that. And I love what Helen Keller said. Hopefully you've read her books. Hopefully you've read her history. She says, character cannot be developed in the ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, vision cleared, ambition inspired, and a success achieved. Isn't that a great quote about character and who you are as a person? You're not talking about politicians that are at all time low trust level, but you have to understand your character and who you are. And people see this. And if you don't have good character, there's no trust. But here's the challenge. Here's the disconnect. Here's where you're probably blowing it. Part of your character is your self-discipline, your willpower, your self-control, your self-mastery. People look at that. And what that means is if you make a promise to them and don't keep it, obviously that hurts your character. And that's a challenge with personality. Some people, when they say Friday at 5, it's around Friday at 5, but some people know it's before 5. Here's where you miss it. When you tell people about promises that you're making to yourself, whether you want to exercise more, eat healthier, get to work early, work longer, finish your projects faster, and you don't, that hurts their perception of character on you, which hurts their trust about you, even though it's a personal thing. Isn't that interesting? Now, let's talk about that science of willpower because the science and studies now are fascinating, that self-discipline. Because in life, you're either going to have discipline or regret. You have to have self-discipline, which is the bridge between goals and achievement. You have to conquer yourself. But here's the challenge with this. You think about your goals, the things that you want to accomplish, and realize that most of the time, You fail at your goals in late afternoon or evening or late evening. You're like, Kurt, why is that? Well, think about it. If you have a goal to eat healthier, you have inside you what I call a willpower battery, a self-discipline battery. And you wake up in the morning, it's fully charged. But here's the issue. Every time you resist and say no, it depletes your willpower battery a little bit. It just goes, drains a little bit, right? So you wake up fully charged. You're like, no to the bagels, You know, half hour later, no to the donuts, no, 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 no to fast food. But every time we say no, it drains the battery a little bit because it takes a little energy to resist. And by that late afternoon when you get home from work, nobody loves you, nobody cares, you don't care, and you eat the whole thing of ice cream. All right? We've all been there. You've done it before. That's because you've drained your willpower battery. 
Now, the difference between character and trust, the difference between success and failure is realizing that your willpower battery is drained. That's the difference. Most people don't even realize it and they just fail all the time. You have to be aware of it. You have to be aware, too, that other things drain your willpower battery. Things like failure, things like pessimistic people, low emotions like anger, frustration, and resentment, lack of sleep, low blood sugar, for some bad weather. You have to be aware these things are draining you. The people around you could be draining you. The people on your team could be drained. And here's the key. This is what you need to understand. A, like I mentioned, be aware that you're drained. You have to be aware. And once that you're aware that you've been drained, you have to recharge your battery. Or you member on your team. How do you recharge it? Well, everyone's different here, but let me give you a comprehensive list and you pick two or three that'll work for you. A vision board, thinking about your future. Vision, what you want to accomplish, thinking about your goals. Not the dark side of goals we talked about in episode 220. Again, if you want the archives, that's at InfluenceUniversity.com. But true goals that you believe in. You can talk to positive people. You can watch something that's funny. You can take a nap. You can meditate. You can pray. You can take a walk out in the sunshine, get some fresh air, get a Red Bull, whatever it is, music, exercise. What is it that works for you to get you back on track? And you've got to do it quickly. Have your little ritual, whatever it is. Talk to someone that you love that's going to boost you up. Say, it's worth it. Go for it. Do it for the family. Do it for me. Whatever it takes, you have to put that in place. That is the difference between success and failure. That is the difference between having character and not having character is really understanding that self-discipline. So I hope you caught that. Things that drain it. You should make a list and be aware that you're drained for you and members on your team. And of course, what's going to boost it up? What's going to really increase that battery? Again, fresh air. That's an interesting one. Sunshine, we know there's something about that. In fact, there was a fascinating study done at a hotel where they put people in a room where they couldn't really see the weather outside and they would bring in the food service and they would describe the weather as hot or cold or cloudy and sunny. And they would add them together in different combinations and they found out when they said it was sunny, whether it was hot or cold, it increased their tips. There's something about thinking about the sun, being in the sun, fresh air, again, exercise, meditation, prayer, getting something to eat, hopefully something healthy, right? Those are things that make a big difference that people don't even think about as they understand exactly how this works. In fact, an interesting study and one of my favorite studies is kind of cruel. I guess all the studies are kind of cruel between the electric shocks and this one. They had these students fast for four hours. Of course, they're hungry and they show up. And they're registering for this, I believe it was called a sensory perception study. And as they're registering and getting in, they smell freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> okay. And uh, half of them went into this room and they were warm. I mean, these are warm cookies. They were surrounded by peanut M&M's. And then there were a plate of radishes, right? Those were your choices, radishes or warm chocolate chip cookies. And I don't know about you, that's like no-brainerville for me. I mean, that's simple stuff. Half the students, they said, just eat whatever you want. And the other half, they said, all right, you're going to have to exercise willpower and resistance. You're going to have to resist eating the cookies, and you can only eat the radishes. Let <laughs> me think about it. The camera shows the students walking around. They look at the cookies. They're smelling the cookies. And we've talked about the power of smell on the show before. And they eventually eat the radishes. <laughs> Again, cruel trick. I mean, I don't even like radishes. I could pick something better than radishes. But anyway, that's what they did. And they said, okay, 
we're going to get ready for the next part of the study. Go ahead in the next room. And while you're waiting for the next part of the study is we have these puzzles in there. We want you to solve them for us. See how fast you can solve them. We're going to time you. The students did not know that was the part of the study. That was the study, the puzzles. They want to see how fast they would give up. Now, think about it. From you know about willpower and willpower battery, who's going to give up two and a half times faster? The chocolate chip cookie eaters that exercised willpower or the radish eaters that did not? Think about it. It was the radish eaters that gave up two and a half times faster because their willpower battery was drained more than the chocolate chip cookie eaters. Now, is everything, well, maybe it was the cookies, maybe it was the food, and they've done it with other things besides food. We know this to be a fact. It is real. It's something that you need to think about. Being aware of your willpower battery, your self-discipline, which is a function of your character. Remember, we talked about honesty in all your doings, being fair, having that integrity, being sincere. People see right through it when you're lying or trying to be deceptive, and we'll talk more about that in other Podcasts about trust, but for right now, what I want you to think about and work on is your willpower battery. Because if you can't keep your own promises to yourself, people see that, it hurts your character, which hurts their trust about you. And final piece here and part of your character is how you handle your challenges, your problems, your trials in your life. Do they make you a better person, you learn, you grow, or does it make you a bitter person where you blame and point fingers? Remember our podcast last week where we talked about blaming, pointing fingers, not accepting responsibility is a big part of the lack of trust and a big part of your character to own up. Yeah, that was my fault. My mistake. I apologize. Rebuilds that character and actually increases trust. It's okay to do that. And we've even found that within the law of connectivity and connecting with people. If you badmouth an organization or another person, it hurts that connection it hurts your trust now you're like well okay uh, there's another company they're looking at but they're a bad company okay i agree they are but if you bad mouth them say negative things it's going to hurt your relationship and hurt the trust between the both of you now the solution that i've found that i've used is like okay that's interesting you can always talk about your strengths but give them ways to find out for themselves through websites or testimonials or other people you need to talk to Give them ways to find out for themselves that that might not be the best company to work with. So you do not hurt your character, your trust, your connection with that person. Key as you think about this and look at it. So think about that as you think about your trust. That is our first C of trust. Looks like over the next couple of podcasts, we'll take each C of trust, expound on it, and give you something to work on to really increase your trust. Because without trust, there's no persuasion. There's no influence. It's very, very difficult. It doesn't matter how many persuasion or sales tools you have. You've got to develop that trust. And don't assume they trust you. So with that, remember we're on YouTube, Spotify, and at Twitter at Influence Max. Tell your family and friends. If you want to take a deeper dive with us into trust, that's on the Persuasion IQ audios on lawsofpersuasion.com. That is a series that will dramatically increase your Persuasion IQ and your ability to get the yes. Master character this week. Use this tool and go out, build trust, and persuade with power.